0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Below the Fold, where gurus are gone, content is king, and where the macro conversions have taken the place of the Facebook likes as the marketing metric of choice. My name is Jacob Perry. I'm joined with Brandon Hassler and John Hammond. How's it going, guys?
1: Fantastic.
0: John? Doing awesome. Doing awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Let me introduce you to this episode's sponsor. It's 97th Floor an award-winning Moz-recommended digital marketing agency located in Lehigh, Utah and Orange County, California. They're known for driving bottom-line value results for clients like Pluralsight, Dell, and Salesforce. Visit 97thfloor.com to learn more. Hey, let's, uh, let's break down what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk about Coke and their newness We're going to be talking about YouTube stars and maybe some miscellaneous stuff.
1: That's how I like it. Keep it mysterious at the end. Yeah.
0: Let's get started. Should we start with Coke? Let's start with Coke, Brandino.
1: All right. So this isn't the uh, best story for a podcast, but if you have not heard about this, pause the podcast, open up your browser, just type in something like Times Square Coke Billboard, and you will see an awesome video, many videos and articles about this billboard. Uh, Or or
0: don't pause the podcast and just go open a new window and watch it while you're listening.
1: Multitasking. I like that. Yeah. My bad, guys.
0: So hang on. Before you describe it, I want to know if you could do it in five
1: words. Describe the billboard?
0: Describe the new billboard in five words.
1: First 3D billboard ever done.
0: Whoa. Nice. That was that? That was good. You could have done it in three. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I guess that's the story, guys. (laughs) There you go. What's next?
0: (laughs) Is that all you want to say? Uh, no. Who, who, well, this who is who built it.
1: That's what I'm uh, looking at because we. I was showing this to you guys before the show, and then uh, so it's uh, 68 feet by 42 feet. Consists of 1,760 independently moving LED screens. So if you were to watch the video or look at these photos, the board like literally can wave. And make all these different shapes, and it's not an illusion. Like those are actual cubes that are moving in and out, creating all these all these different choreographed moves. Um, it's got to be expensive.
0: So, so the question was: Did Coke like ideate this and build it and spend the money to get it placed, or did some advertising company or the building that owns it just put it on their board and and uh, allowed for like a bidding system? And Coke just paid the most. So
2: I'm reading on the Coca-Cola company website in their stories section. And it says right here, nearly 100 years after Coca-Cola installed its first sign in Times Square, fans had the chance to experience the towering installation on Tuesday through a pop-up interactive seating area inspired by the signs moving LED models. So it looks like Coke in honor of their hundred years of being in Times Square with their ads, built the actual
1: sign. That's what it's looking like to me. Hmm. Trivia for you, Jacob. How much do you think it costs per year to advertise in Times Square?
0: Uh, Eight hundred thousand uh, dollars.
1: According to Investopedia, it costs between one point one million and four million per year, depending on what spot, spot size. To advertise in Times Square potential reach of 150 million eyeballs um,
0: how do you how do you measure the success there
1: that's so that was my next question is obviously this is expensive I mean the space alone is expensive plus the engineering the building all of this is very very expensive um, I wonder what the conversations are in these big big companies like Coke whereas you know a small company, the marketing director or VP or whatever has an idea and usually leadership says, you know, what's the ROI of that going to be like, how much Coke are we going to sell or how much, how many cars is that campaign do you, do you anticipate it's going to sell? And they try to, you know, associate some type of or tie some type of number to this. Whereas, I mean, it's a branding play. How do you sell that to Coke and say, guys, we're going to build this insanely expensive billboard and everybody's going to talk about it
0: do you think do you think coke is in a place where they still have to justify
1: stuff like that that's what i'm that's what i'm asking i guess is i mean i'm, I'm sure there's don't think still these... just,
0: i mean they're a huge company i'm sure there's still justification they're probably still doing you know putting together analysis analyses on on what they anticipate the brand impact will be but it's probably a lot easier for them to get approval to do stuff like that than
1: other companies yeah. Well, especially like a public company. I mean, it's all about.
0: And, and that 1.2, is that what you said? 1.2 to 4 million. Who's that going to?
1: Uh, the billboard companies.
2: Or the building owner.
1: But if Coke built it themselves. But that space, I bet they would still have to pay the building.
0: Yeah. It's like real estate. Yeah. At what point do you just buy the building if you're advertising for 100 years?
1: That's a good question. Do you think
0: Coke owns the building?
1: Not that I know of. They could. Is yeah. Coke headquarters in New York?
0: No. no, Atlanta.
1: Oh, you guys! I didn't even have to Google it.
0: Well, our fact checker is the one who said it, which who is why if he's I believe fact him. Check himself. Oh,
2: you can Google it right now.
1: Coke HQ, Midtown, Atlanta, Georgia. Boom. How did you know that?
2: Uh, I've been to Coke World. They have a
0: full like. I'm sorry, but there's a Coke World in Las Vegas yeah, too. I've been there but too. This is at Coke HQ. <laughs> Uh Oh. I've
1: seen a Statue of Liberty in Vegas. I've seen Egyptian pyramids. You guys in (laughs) Vegas. You need to get out more.
0: There's a New York in Las Vegas. Yeah. I've seen the Empire State Building. How's that for Pyramids, Paris.
2: Well, coming back to Coke, the sign had had 19 different companies helping them design and build and implement the 3D billboard. And it took them four years of R&D and development before it was able to come to fruition.
0: What was the last word you just said?
2: Fruition. Fruition. Fruition? Yeah. It's not fruition. No. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I like yeah. uh, fruition. Fruition.
2: Fruition.
0: Uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, okay, so four years. Wow. Uh, when do they hit the 100 year mark?
2: In 2020. So I think it's kind of weird that they spent four years developing this. Maybe, Maybe they thought it would take seven, seven years. Seven years. But like, Wouldn't you wait? Would you guys wait? I mean, wait for the anniversary? No,
0: why would that? That's stupid. Honestly, I don't think they did it for the 100-year anniversary. I think someone just, like, made some weird headline. Yeah. Nearly 100 years. Well, that was the Coke company. Okay, so let us know what you think. Shoot us a a message on Facebook or Twitter. I'd love to hear what you guys think about Coca-Cola's $50 billion 3D LCD billboard in Times Square. Okay.
1: I do have a follow-up question. Okay. That may relate a little bit more to the listeners. At what point, maybe we're looking at revenue, at what point does a company allow themselves to do these types of branding plays? Maybe this is a huge scale, but let's say uh, uh, ads at a, an NBA game or like these big branding things. Do you have a rule of thumb? Would you say Vivint? I don't know what Vivint. You know what Vivint's annual revenue is? Uh
0: it's around 700 million, I think.
1: Okay. It's a lot of money. It is. A lot of guacamole. I so think. So you work out of all three of us, you're at the biggest company here. Mm-hmm. Vivint now owns not owns, but they are the
0: they the, own the naming rights. They
1: have the naming rights of an NBA arena. Yeah. Um
0: I don't know how much they spend on that.
1: I think it's uh I know it's public.
0: Uh, yeah, I I I mean, maybe, it may maybe, but I don't know.
1: But uh, at what point is the company there? Because there's companies who make $50 million a year. It's a lot of money, and might, they might be looking at, let's do some of these bigger branding things. It's already tough, and we talked about this on last season with multiple guests. How do you measure branding? We've never gotten a real answer because they themselves don't know. It's just like, well, if good things are happening.
0: Yeah, there are ways to measure brand. Uh, one very, very, very basic way is through Google Trends, right? So you can do a year-over-year analysis of how people were searching your brand last year versus this year. Uh, I mean, that's that again. That's very, very basic. But if you are doing, if you are doing brand branding type stuff and you want to know how the world is reacting to it and searching brand-related keywords, you could use Google Trends. There, there are other ways to do it. There are companies out there that will. Uh, measure how 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 much your brand is mentioned online, and how often people are clicking through to that. So it's more of like a uh, an SEO play where you have your branded links, and people who, if the brand team is participating in in building those links, whether it's through publication partnerships, content partnerships, whatever, and people are clicking through that, you can measure uh, at least from you. you you can measure traffic from that leads, sales, installs directly from that one link if it's set up the right way. And if again, if the brand team is the one building those, then you can measure their impact there. There are there are a few other ways. I'm not I'm not in branding, so it's it's hard for me to kind of explain. But for the most part, I think I think it is kind of abstract and nebulous in in how you how you measure the the mm-hmm. pa- the impact of your brand. There uh, another thing you can do is uh you can do surveys, right? So you could do group what, what do they call those? Uh focus groups. Yeah, focus groups where you compare yourself to the competition uh, and there are kind of sentiment type questions that you could ask and and, and get a really good uh, impression of of your brand equity in in there there again, we the three of us are not that's not our field. So it's harder for us to speak to it. And it's really easy for us to say, like, there's no way to measure the impact of a 3D billboard in Times Square, which is true, right? But at the very least, one thing you could do is Coke could use some platform, some, some software that goes through and counts how many news articles were written about it. And uh, 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 Again, there are ways to measure it. It's just a little more abstract. I like that. In fact, here, here's a good example. If you think about PPC... PPC is, is very it's a hard science, right? You can measure every cent that goes in. This is how many cents come out. I mean, it's an exact science. You move the needle over to SEO and it's a little bit softer, right? Mm-hmm. Where how do you measure your rankings? Like you can say we rank number one. Uh, you can even measure that to a certain extent. But how, how, how impactful is a link from a domain authority website 80 as opposed to a domain authority website 70? right? You're putting money into that link. How much money are you getting back? You can't like, you can't, you can't do that. It's, I mean, there are certain things in SEO that are, are hard, are hard and some things that are really soft and then everything in between. But, uh, SEO is super soft. Again, you move the needle a little bit further that same way and you hit brand, which is as soft as it gets. So, I mean, there's definitely a spectrum. PPC would be on one side. Brand would be on the other as far as being able to measure money in, money out.
1: Fair enough. I do have another story that just I was reminded of happened this week. It's very related to this Coke story. Okay. What is it? I don't know if you guys have seen this. Have You guys seen these billboards? Netflix is a joke. So there's these billboards. It's just a blank white billboard. Netflix is a joke popping up over LA, New York. You're driving down the five in California. You see this. What goes through your head?
0: Some competition is coming after Netflix.
1: Is that what you're thinking?
0: Yeah. Is this a Netflix?
1: Netflix is apparently behind these ads. Uh, They have declined to comment thus far, at least the last I've seen. Uh, But speculation is that it's kind of part of their, I believe they're trying to get more comedy uh, content on Netflix. And so by throwing this out there, it just gets people, it just pops out at you. So I guess my question is, knowing that Netflix is behind this, would you say that was or will be an effective campaign? Yes, people are talking about it, but they're a big company, yada yada. Aside from that, consumers just driving down the freeway. Does that help or hurt Netflix?
3: Hmm.
0: I my first my first thought is that it helps.
1: Cause it makes you think Netflix?
0: Well, yeah, as I think I mean, now that I know, I look at that and you can tell that the font is Netflix font. Right? Isn't it? Or is it not? It looks like it. It's very similar. If it's not, it's very similar. Uh, But yeah, I mean, that's interesting, right? What consumer who's like, do you guys spend money on Netflix? Yep.
2: John? I mooch off my brother's account. Oh, okay.
0: So, (laughs) I yeah, I spend for Netflix. Brandon spends for Netflix. John is pirating. But, you know, whatever. Uh, (laughs) If you saw that billboard driving down the freeway, would it, would it, would you think, yeah, Netflix is a joke. I'm going to
1: stop paying. Yeah, no, I would not say that. (laughs) But I, I, my thought is it gets you asking in your mind, well, who is saying Netflix is a joke? What, why would Netflix be a joke? Is there a different service out there? So it makes the users, whether they're customers or not question now, well, why is Netflix a joke? And, uh, I think that's that alone is effective. Like for for ten seconds in a car ride, they're, okay, they're thinking about Netflix.
0: They're thinking about Netflix.
1: Who knows? Some people might be like, "I forgot I have a Netflix subscription. I need to cancel that."
0: You think that's happening? No, <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm sure at least one person in California is like, "Oh crap! I forgot I have a Netflix." subscription i need to cancel it i haven't watched netflix in six months
0: okay so netflix lost eight bucks yep ten bucks ten bucks (laughs) whatever it it is now Uh, 12
1: if you want 4k content
0: oh wow i didn't know that that was an option
1: yeah you're only getting 1080p with your ten dollar it's 12 if you want 4k man what if i
0: spent the 12 dollars and only had a 1080p tv
1: It might look clear. I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Load slower, probably.
0: Okay, so you think that it would hurt them, that it's hurting no, them? No, no,
1: I think this is help. I'm saying, like, you're going to have, like, one or two people out of millions of people.
0: Who are like, oh, man, that's right. They are a joke. I'm going to Hulu. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what other competitors are there? Hulu. Um,
0: I think they're going to have more. Yeah. Oh, Amazon. Yeah, for sure. Disney is going to be a, a competitor yeah. here in the next Crackle, little
1: bit. Crackle. Somewhat of a. They have a different model. yeah. But there's a lot of streaming services. Apple, isn't Apple getting into yeah,
0: streaming Yeah, I mean, they have, their own, they have their own shows, but they're not aggregating. Netflix aggregates shows.
1: I think Apple will.
0: You think Apple will aggregate?
1: I think so. Like, think they'll so. they'll
0: team up with they're already, the History uh, Channel and all that?
1: I just read something about with the, they're getting ready to launch the new Apple TV. Oh, we
0: didn't even mention YouTube.
1: YouTube. YouTube Red. Yeah. yeah. Facebook now is getting into the... Content, do they really
0: compete with Netflix though? Because you pay for both YouTube Red and Netflix.
1: Yeah, Netflix is not original content, they have original content, but you're getting all the other stuff. Whereas YouTube, Facebook, uh, is very focused on Hmm. original content. You're not going to be like, watch, I want to watch Ocean's Eleven on YouTube, you got to rent it through Google Play. There's no streaming option there, so that's where Netflix still. Wins, but I have read something about with the Apple's wanting to launch the new Apple TV, which has like these 4K capabilities, and they're in this big fight with movie companies. Uh, it's something about like Apple wants a low price, and the movie companies want like $35. Apple wants everything to be $20. dollars hmm. i can't what I've never that heard is. that, but I think Apple's slowly getting into the streaming hmm. game. To compete with Netflix, yeah, they're just doing it in a very small way versus coming out saying we got our new platform.
0: I don't think Netflix is profitable right now. Are they?
1: They're not. They're losing. Then we talked about that.
0: They're uh, losing to Disney, but they're losing like money they're, every year. Yeah, yeah. They're like thirty something billion dollars in debt. Twenty one
1: point something billion. How
0: do you come back from that?
1: A lot of uh, it's just a lot of investment. I don't know how you come back maybe in 20 years.
0: Is that I mean is that a viable business model? That's, Slow burn. It's
1: a lot of business models companies at that extent like that. Especially when companies like get acquired, these big companies are just dumping tons and tons of money into it with the hope Uber is the same way. I think Uber has yet to hit profitability. Um, Slack, I don't even know if Slack has hit profitability, but their hope is that we're going to dump tons of money and then we're going to be the next Facebook, or we're hmm. going to be the next Google. Okay, hmm. all well,
2: right. So there you go, Coca Cola 3D machine. Last last update on the NBA: Vivint they kept the financial terms of a ten year agreement undisclosed, but Delta paid for a fifteen year before it was changed to Energy Solutions for twenty five million
0: for fifteen years. Yeah. Huh?
1: Do you know how much UCCU paid for the UCCU Center at UVU? No. Uh, we can get the fact checker on this, but I believe it was only twenty-five grand a year, which is super cheap. Is it? I think so. Like that's very prominent. Think of all the events for some concerts that are going on there.
2: Apparently, it's naming rights to the building for the next ten years, worth two point five million. Two point five million divided by. Uh Oh, it was 120 200, months. 200. So it'd be 250 thousand a year.
1: Okay, and that goes to okay. that's. I mean, that, you just that's missed one deal. zero. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's still good, I think.
0: So, who has the rights for the next ten years? Is it UCCU? They have it right now. Yeah, I bank with UCCU. I mean, it costs, same with me.
1: Cost a hundred grand just to have like your logo digitally randomly appear in Vivint Smart Home Arena. Is that true? Yeah. For how long? Just like it's certain, I don't know what the exact seconds are, but that puts in perspective. It's like, man, for another hundred grand, I could have my freaking name on the building that for overlooks one year. the freeway for for one year, up to ten. So they got to steal the deal, I think.
0: I bet they had to pay ten years in advance. Yeah, like this isn't like one year at a time. No, because that's a lot of money to switch logos around. Okay, there you go. Thank you. All right, next next thing I want to get to and. and uh, we'll probably spend a lot of time on this, our YouTubers. So in this season, we're going to try and get uh, a few YouTubers, some some popular famous YouTubers in Utah, and get them on the show. We'll likely come back to this topic. But something that was brought up prior to us recording was a story that was actually published a couple years ago, but has resurfaced in social media recently, and that is YouTube stars, meaning YouTubers who have a ton of subscribers but that are broke. Do you know anyone like that, Brandon? You're kind of knee deep in in YouTube.
1: Hmm. Uh, not that I know of. I do think I think there's certain like I can think of some YouTubers who have a million subscribers and I can tell that they are not making near the amount of money is another YouTuber who has maybe $1.5 million. And a lot of it has to do... How can you tell? Just with like... Um,
0: like the clothes they're wearing?
1: No, not the... Well, like, and set up and whatnot. Like um, a lot of it, I believe, depends on your niche and brand deals. That's where the big money is made. There's only so much that you're going to make off of YouTube ads. You can make a lot of money and, and become a millionaire off YouTube ads alone. But
0: how many subscribers would you say are needed in order to to make millions off of YouTube ads alone?
1: Make millions? I don't know. It's so hard. Like, the more I use YouTube, the less I care about the subscriber number. Because, like, Stuart Edge, for example, a local uh, YouTuber here, he's got over 2 million subscribers, but he's so on and off about posting. I mean, his posts, his videos will get 20,000 views and he's got 2 million subscribers. And so it's not so much the subscriber. It really is the consistency of how well, uh, or how often you're posting. And like the Paul brothers are perfect examples of that. And there was, maybe you've seen it, John, there's a video, I think it's like the game theorist did a whole video on like, how are all these Viners blowing up on YouTube and just taking over everything. And he kind of dissected how they have videos that all play in with each other. And the Paul brothers do that. Jake Paul comes out with a lame song. His brother comes out with a reaction video and disses it. Then there's a response and there's this timeline that's built. And then you have other YouTubers criticizing how these guys are idiots. And that draws audiences. And none of that had to do anything with subscribers. It's just getting those views and the engagement. And certain industries have higher costs uh, per impressions. Tech videos are very advertiser friendly versus someone talking about uh, it's a political opinion show that are going to struggle with the same amount of subscribers that the tech guy has to get ad dollars because they're saying things that are p- potentially offensive or controversial. And so that's one aspect. No,
0: hmm. oh, that's good to know of it. Well, so, so this article that, that we're talking about specifically is, is called famous and broke YouTube stars with millions of fans say they can't make rent. And they talk about, one example is the YouTube channel called Just Between Us. Uh, The two hosts are Gabby Dunn, she's 27, and her best friend Allison Raskin. Uh, They have half a million subscribers, uh, but, quote, hard to work when you're constantly worried about if you can buy groceries.
1: I remember reading that article.
0: Back when it was published the first time?
1: It really is. Uh, so there's this one guy, uh, Jerry Rig Everything. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah. You ever heard of him? Yeah. He's based here in Utah. He's, uh, he's passed a million subscribers. He's known for just ripping phones apart and breaking them down. He does scratch tests on everything. And he spoke here in Provo just a few months ago that I went to. And he's actually the one that really inspired me to take Amazon affiliate program way more seriously and put more focus on on that. But he made the comment of, if you want YouTube to be a living, you have to treat it like a business. It's not something that just happens. You need to have a strategy. You need to put in the hard work. And I think a lot of these YouTubers, there are people who do these cool little, you know, uh, quick videos and they gain a lot of attention and they have a lot of subscribers, but they're not monetizing.
0: Because they don't know what to do.
1: Because yeah, they're not... They're not approaching it from how do I increase revenue on my because every YouTube channel really like you're a content company, uh, you're no you're, you're you're no different than BuzzFeed or Huffington Post. You're just creating content in a different way, trying to get advertisers, trying to get users to subscribe to your channel. And if you don't treat it that way, it's very easy to be that person that everybody loves you and you have a million subscribers, but you're not making a lot of money because. You're not thinking strategically of how can I start working with brands? How could I leverage affiliate programs and push my audience to these different products? Uh, typically, when I read these articles, those are the people that fall in that category of I'm really popular. Like that guy, John Sedano, you, you, you and Paxton, one of you were the ones that showed it. It's the guy that sings Smash Mouth or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah. Paxton like, shared that. So
1: I subscribed to him and I still follow him. Every video is the same. Uh, he may have a million subscribers now. I don't know if he's making a lot of money. Uh, People like him, but he's not doing like brand deals or anything. So he could be one of those guys where he's really popular, but he probably still works at his lame tech support job or whatever he does. And he's not loading in the money because he's just doing this as a fun thing.
0: Okay. So this is one of the things that I want to talk about is how often do you have YouTubers who have a ton of subscribers and a ton of views that are making no money, how often do you think if somebody knew what they were doing, they could just come in there and monetize what they already have existed?
1: You're saying, is that possible for someone to come in?
0: What would they have to do? Yeah, let's start there. Is it possible? Do you think that, for example, I mean, what was the first example I used? Just between us, right? They have... At the time of this writing, will you look to see how many subscribers they have right now? Yep. At the time of this, it was half a million subscribers. Uh, they likely had a ton of views per video. How Do you think that if, if, if someone who knew what they were doing, they could go in there and consult with them and get them to monetize and, and make tons of money?
1: Yeah, uh, and that's what uh, – there's a lot of businesses around that. Essentially, they're like agents uh, like you know, athletes have in, in sports.
0: So YouTube agents? YouTube agents. Is that a real thing? I forget thing? what
1: they're called. Like, uh, like Maker Studios is a huge one that was started by, oh, what's his name? The he's Mormon. Um, the Shaytard guy. You know what I'm talking about? No, nope, no idea. The Shaytards. They're like credited as being like the original vloggers. He started Maker Studios, which was basically a group that found YouTube talent, gave them the resources, the you know, the the access to the studios. And they would take a cut of their revenue, but they would build relationships with big companies. The company was later acquired by Disney. So Disney now owns Maker Studios. They had big names like PewDiePie, who was recently cut from Maker Studios because of—
0: Because he's an anti-Semitic.
1: Yes. He loves uh, Hitler, apparently. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of those companies. The problem is—and I see this a lot in like local, small YouTube groups that I'm in— These YouTubers start getting 10, 20, 50, 100,000 followers and they start getting hit up by these companies and their worry is, man, they want 20 or 30% of my revenue. Is it worth it? And that's always the question. Mm -hmm. Should I go with these guys? Because they don't know the business side and this company does, but I think there's a lot of sharks in this industry because it's so not regulated like the NBA. I think the NBA or it might just be all, I can't remember what league it is, but agents can take a max of 3% of an athlete's salary. There's like regulations, there's limits on what they can do, and you don't really have that in the YouTube world. And so it's there. It's just, again, how do you find those people uh, reaching out to them? You can apply to their site, but a lot of it is them discovering you. So I would imagine that these girls have been hit up before. I don't know the full story on them, but... uh, So so
0: that's the second part is... I think there are a lot of YouTubers who have like really strong morals against selling their soul. And I'll put that in air quotes where they've created this following based on this genuine that their are genuine selves. And then when they kind of start to take on sponsors or partnerships, they feel like they're selling themselves out for money uh, in order to get more money. But kind of they're kind of backslapping, uh, their their subscribers.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: At, like, at what point is that a, a thing?
1: When I think that article, if I, I... mean, it's been a while since I've read it. I think it mentioned that where when they would do sponsored things, you get a lot of pissed-off fans saying that exact thing. Oh, you're a sellout. Uh, I, I didn't want to... I didn't subscribe to you to watch a commercial-type thing. And I still say... Every time you see, like, a Casey Neistat do a promoted uh, video, he just did one with SeatGeek where he went to the... uh fight in Vegas with Mayweather and McGregor. And uh, he was very open saying, yeah, this is a sponsored video. It's a very, very delicate line, I think, within the YouTube world to where you have to be smart about how I get hit up all the time. Like I have a super, super small channel and I get hit up all the time with like, most of it is like uh, phone case companies who I've never heard of. And they're like, We have a cool case that we'd love for you to review, or we've got a competitor to the boosted board and we want you to say this, this and this. And a lot of them I just ignore because I know that I it's going to look like a horrible, just promoted video where it's just me, you know, kissing their butt the whole time. Like, this is a great board. I would highly recommend you get this. Check these guys out is, down Is that below. what they're asking you to do? Yeah. Some of them are very blunt. They're just like, you will say this type thing. I like the ones where they say, hey, we got a product. Can we send it to you? And you We can, want
0: an honest review.
1: Yeah, an honest review or, or talk about it. Uh I think it comes down to the companies and the YouTubers getting creative on how do you work in advertisers. Like Devin Graham, Devin Supertramp, I think is very good at that. Casey Neistat for, is also, I think, pretty good at that. To where... What about
0: like product placement? Is that a thing? Yeah. It is in the blogger world
2: as well. Before I joined 97 Floor, I was with a health foods company, and we would pay bloggers to do recipe creation and use our products in their recipe. And I would ask them, hey, make sure in this blog post for, you know, your chocolate chip cookies that are gluten-free to include this coconut oil in the picture and in the ingredients. And I would have them linked to our website as well. Um, That's subtle. Yeah. But um, it was amazing. Very, very different spectrum on how much I would pay for even very similar audiences. I was the most expensive girl I worked with was simply Instagram, and she would just do a, a recipe on her Instagram page, and, I mean, she would keep it up. We would pay per hour even at times, and other times, and then I would Like pay, you pay for five hours, and then what? She takes it takes
0: down? Takes it down. No, I've never heard of that. Yeah.
2: It, it was crazy. I would pay her so much money compared to someone who's got a blog who would link to me who would do several posts, who would do a blog post, Instagram, Facebook— YouTube video, all that, and similar reach and audiences combined with all her channels. But this girl was just simply Instagram. Hmm.
0: Okay. So that's a thing too, I guess.
1: And I think the other thing that helps, because I've had this discussion, uh, I I spoke at a YouTuber event like a year or two ago on um, really not putting all of your eggs in one basket. And a lot of people get into YouTube, and that's all they focus on is just uploading to YouTube, and that's it. They ignore Twitter, they ignore Instagram, or they treat them as like separate things. And all of the great YouTubers are also very active on Instagram, posting little bite-sized content that floods into YouTube, utilizing Facebook, building even some original content for Facebook. Again, those are the people that are treating it like a business and a business looks at it and says, we want to be everywhere. You are. And and when people are on Instagram and they see my story, they're going to remember, oh, I haven't watched his YouTube videos in a while. Hop over to YouTube, watch his videos. Plus, those are also channels that you can monetize. As a YouTuber, it's so much easier to ask. I'm not saying I'm the YouTuber, but like as a YouTuber, you can ask for a lot more money when the promotion is also going to, you know, happen on Instagram and you're going to push it on Facebook and you're going to do this cool thing on Twitter.
0: Which means it helps if you have followings there.
1: Yeah. And uh, you never know. Look at Vine. All those guys that built huge followings on Vine, the ones that lived and are making a lot of money now are the ones that were smart. And as they blew up on Vine, they started to, you know, tinker around with YouTube and and Twitter and these places. And now they've moved over to YouTube. Whereas the other ones that were stuck on Vine and never left, now they're dead. They don't have an audience because they didn't take the time to build up. So at the end of the day, these are other companies that you're relying on. And yeah. I, they could shut their doors just like that.
0: So the COO of the Young Turks, which is a popular YouTube channel, mm-hmm. uh, political news casting show, the CEO, the COO was interviewed by Google for, for a YouTube, uh, like, like YouTube 101 channel. And what he said, if you want to monetize... YouTube, what you, and you're just starting out, you focus on not monetizing YouTube, right? You need to focus on building your followers. So if uh, right now, especially now, I think it's getting more and more popular and harder and harder to get in. Like if PewDiePie started his YouTube channel today, he, he'd he be a nobody, I think. I think he was one of the ones that was just early, at the very, very, very beginning, 2007, uh, did you know he wasn't even uh, number one in subscribers until 2014?
1: I did not know that.
0: He's he's like 20 million ahead of the number two person, and it wasn't until three years ago that he was number one. Anyway, blow mind blown. <laughs> anyway, if, if, if you're on YouTube and you want to make money, don't focus on making money. Focus on building your followers. Okay, I have some trivia for you guys. Okay, you ready for this? This is YouTube trivia. I expect some amazing results from you guys. Don't look over here and cheat off my off my paper. All right, so we're gonna start with an easy question. Okay, I have a top ten list, and I want to know how many uh, how many of these you can get right. And this one is top YouTuber subscriptions. So, which YouTuber has the most sub- subscribers? I are think we, we know who number one is. Are
1: we counting like our media companies and music artists? Yes. On this, so list? we're
0: talking straight up subscriber.
1: Um, one of them is a Disney. Okay, Smosh. Smosh on there. No. Um,
0: who's number one? Let's start there. PewDiePie. PewDiePie, okay, so PewDiePie is number one with fifty-seven million. Last time we talked about him a few months ago, he's at uh, 50 million. He had just hit 50 million and now he's at 57 million. You got so this he's on list off one.
1: Wikipedia? Yeah. I've looked at this list before. Yeah. And that, another one is a movie one, right? It's like number two or three.
0: Um, I don't know what you mean by movie.
1: Or trailers or movie clips?
0: Nope. Is it like, come on,
2: a music channel? What do you mean, it? Yes, there are music channels yeah. on the top 10 isn't there list. like uh, a music channel, like
0: YouTube music that people can subscribe Vivo. to? So, you know, I have a question about Vivo. What the heck is Vivo? <laughs>
1: I don't know. I know there's videos on YouTube.
0: Like all the music artists have Vivo. Okay, yeah. you guys are disappointing me. You got PewDiePie and that's it. There are four music artists. What are they? Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift is number eight.
1: Justin Bieber. Justin
0: Bieber is Katie number th- Perry. three. Katy Perry. Katy Perry is number seven. One Rihanna. More. Rihanna. Yep. Rihanna is number six. So number two is uh, Hola Soy German. Uh, <laughs> Herman. Have you heard of him? No. Probably not. He's, it, that's Spanish. He's the number two most subscribed to YouTube channel. Uh, Number four, El Rubius. OMG. That's another Spanish one. (laughs) Then you have YouTube Spotlight, which is number five. And they used to be number one at one point. Them and PewDiePie had like a battle for subscribers Hmm. uh, back in 2014. Uh, PewDiePie took the crown from YouTube Spotlight and has never looked back. Number nine is T-Series, which is a Hindi... From India channel. <laughs> and then number 10 is a Spanish one, Fernan uh, Flu, whatever that is. Anyway, uh, so what I was talking about, PewDiePie, 57.2 million subscribers. The number two, which is Hola, soy German, is 32.7. So over 20 million more than the number two spot. I mean, that's insane. Anyway, okay. Next, uh, next question The top three most disliked videos of all time.
1: Friday, Rebecca Black.
0: That's actually number four. Dang! So, right mm. out of the top three spot.
1: Because I liked it. Yeah. Felt bad, had to help it out. Yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> I will say this: number three is a PewDiePie video where that's called "Can we get this video to one million dislikes?"
1: Okay. So he
0: specifically mm. asked for dislikes. He's number three, and it only got between three and four thousand dislikes. So, uh, not close to the million. The number two spot most disliked was a Call of Duty trailer. One, oh, really? of the most, yeah, really? one of the most recent Call of Duty games, the trailer. Number two most disliked video. The number one most disliked video of all time on YouTube is a Justin Bieber music video, Baby, from 2010.
1: Now, rightfully so. I'll
0: say this I looked at the top 40 list of most disliked videos, and Justin Bieber had five videos in the top 40 most disliked videos of all time. Okay, next list. Most viewed videos of all time.
1: It used to be Psy.
0: Psy used to be number one. He's number he three now. Up. How about the He's Korean number three. Uh, song? That's Psy.
2: That's Psy. Gangnam okay. Style. Yeah,
0: Gangnam Style is number three. Didn't uh, Taylor Swift's video or something? No. So t- uh, I only have the top five. So top five most viewed YouTube videos of all time.
1: Is the top one a political?
0: No, it's not. It's a song. It's a music video. Man, I've it's, seen um, articles. What does the fox say? No, no. <laughs> so it's it's from this year, from January of this year. This summer, I'm giving you a big clue here. This summer, Justin Bieber was added to the remix to make it the mo- one of the most popular songs of the year
1: not every day, bro, is it?
0: No. It's Despacito, Dispas- uh, Dis- that oh, Spanish the song. Spanish song. That's yeah, with Daddy Yankee and Louis Fonzie, or however you pronounce that. So that's number one. Uh, Wiz Khalifa is at number two, See You Again, and then Gangnam Style 3. Justin Bieber at number four with Sorry, and number five is Uptown Funk with Mark Ronson. Also, Justin Bieber. I looked at, I looked his up. This is in a top hundred list, and he has five videos in the top one hundred most viewed YouTube videos.
1: Hot dang!
0: Okay, next one: most viewed videos in the first twenty-four hours.
2: I'm gonna guess that Despi is
1: whatever.
0: Yeah, nope.
1: Taylor Swift's new video. Yes,
0: that's mm-hmm. at the number three spot. So Taylor Swift's new video, Look What You Made Me Do, got 43 million views in the first 24 hours. Holy cow. And that is only about 25% of what the number 1 video got.
1: Everyday bro? Jake nope. Paul?
0: Nope. The number 2 video is the Chewbacca mask lady. Oh yeah. You guys see that one? I uh, yeah. love that. 50 million, which is again around 25% of the number 1 spot. I had not seen the number 1 video until today. It was posted in January. It was the Rings prank, so the the remake of the Ring movie that's mm-hmm. called Rings. They did a prank at some like electric electronic oh, yeah, store. Yeah, I've seen that. Where the chick with the hair Crawling comes out of the cr- TV, crawls out of the TV for real. Really? Yeah, two hundred million views in the first twenty four hours. Oh my god, it's insane. Yeah, the video's not even that good. I mean, yeah, it's entertaining, but there are way better videos
1: all about the catchy thumbnail and title.
0: Okay, next one, trailers. So movie trailers that got the most views in the first 24 hours.
1: Uh I know one of them is the Star Wars. Nope. It? So
0: Star Wars is Avengers. So Star Wars is I think around number 5. You're talking about The Force Awakens trailer?
1: Any of them. Yeah,
0: Star Wars I think is at number 5. It is number 1. Ah. So it is number 1 in the first 24 hours. It got 197 million.
1: The new one, right?
0: The new It, yep. And oh, then... yeah,
1: of course it's a new one.
0: Fate of the Furious. Is it number two?
1: Never heard of it.
0: It's, it's Fast and it's Furious. It's the Fast and Furious, the newest one. Never seen one. any of them. Really? Wow. Wow. And then number three, you said Avengers. It's not Avengers, but it is Thor Ragnarok. Mm. Number three. Okay, and the last list I have, top earners on YouTube. Who on YouTube is making PewDiePie. the most money? PewDiePie is on the list, but not number one. Jake Paul. Jake Paul is not on the list. Logan this is top Paul. 10. No.
1: And they make a lot of money. Are they
0: strictly YouTubers or are they just are beyond, beyond that? Utah, just, as, just YouTubers.
1: So like so Jimmy Puti- Kimmel's not on there. And He's stuff not on like there. That.
0: Nope. Nope. So PewDiePie is at number two with $18 million. This is the most up-to-date list I've, I've found. It's supposed to be a t- 2017 list.
1: Uh Oh, isn't one of them like someone that plays with toys? Oh, yeah. It's Disney. that little
2: boy, right, who like reviews toys.
0: Yeah, so uh, there is a woman who reviews toys, toys, but uh, they don't know who she is because
1: she doesn't show her face. She
0: doesn't show her her identity is a mystery, so she couldn't be put on this list. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. There, there's been speculation and people who have guessed who it is, but it's a mystery.
2: Add respect to her.
0: Come on, PewDiePie. You, you set Smosh is number three. So number three at eleven point eight. So from PewDiePie at eighteen, Smosh goes uh, down to eleven point eight.
1: Um, Rhett and Link.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: good mythical oh. morning. No, sorry,
0: they were on a on several other lists, but they are not on this list. So let me give you, uh, let me give you number ten, Hank Green. Ever heard of him? Nope. Me neither. Number nine, Lily Singh. Yep. Yeah, she's number nine.
1: Oh no, no. I'm thinking of Miranda. Sings.
0: No, mm. oh, she's not on here. Eight, Rosanna Pansino. Nope. Number seven, Jenna Marbles. Nope. Six, Roman Atwood. Yes, you've heard of Roman Atwood. He's big. He does pranks.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Grace Helbert or Grace Helbig. Nope. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Markiplier. Yep. Yeah, you've heard of Markiplier. Mm-hmm. He's a gamer. Then Smosh. Then PewDiePie. So PewDiePie is at, 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 at excuse me at eighteen million, the number one spot, fifty million. Michelle Fan, dang, have you heard of her? Nope. You know what she does what? makeup makeup tutorials. Yes, she does makeup tutorials on YouTube.
1: And and so there. Wait, so is so this, I'm
0: sure like Avon's paying her. Oh yeah, I'm sure that's that's what I'm talking about. You have someone like PewDiePie who yeah you know he was with Disney and he's got like the most subscribers by far. But when you think of partner like businesses who want to pay him to do certain things, he's way more limited than like a Michelle fan who has far less subscribers. But her subscribers are their target market. Yeah, and since she's an influencer, they're willing to pay way more money for her to use and promote their uh, products. So Michelle fan, fifty million dollars. You know, on YouTube. This list made me realize
2: I don't watch enough. YouTube or maybe I'm just not in that world. PewDiePie is
0: the only one I'd really heard of, and I I don't I don't watch his videos. Yeah, I that's the only name I had heard of. I'm not a big YouTube guy, but that's top earners on YouTube, 2017. I like it. Get into makeup tutorials.
1: Yeah, that goes to show. I guess the original point. It's not about the subscribers. It's about the audience and whatnot. That's that's why gamers. Like, I mean, three gamers are in the top five right there. And, uh, that's which a, which which one? PewDiePie, so PewDiePie? Smosh.
0: Oh, is Smosh gaming?
1: Pretty sure. He's like very I, I, heavy I,
0: gaming. I, I categorize them as comedy. I, I wasn't. I, think I didn't look that much into it. Gaming
1: comedy? Mm. I don't know. I and don't then either. Markiplier. Yeah, Markiplier. Gamer. But I mean, it's a very niche audience. So, gaming companies, of course, want them gaming with their equipment and playing their games and whatnot yeah. versus a Casey Neistat or someone who is very popular, but it's not really a specific type of audience. So like
0: Roman Atwood, who's do, pranks? does pranks that's How do you make money off I, of that? That's
1: what I'm wondering. Like there's ads. So Product maybe, placement. It... Yeah.
2: Uh Smosh is a sketch comedy group.
1: Uh,
0: Come on, Brandon.
1: Could've sworn <laughs> Smosh did video game stuff.
0: <laughs> anyway, so that is uh that's YouTube stats. what's interesting to me and what I looked at, I didn't I didn't do like an in-depth analysis, but what I noticed was that the top lists Like, when when we went through, you know, top views in 24 hours, Taylor Swift, Chewbacca, Ring, top trailers, Thor, Fate of the Furious, It. I mean, I I keep going back to these lists. They're all within the last year. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They're all in last year. So recent. So so when we talk about trailers, I mean, trailers are coming out all the time. What I did look at was the top 10, and seven out of the top 10 were released in the last year. That's insane. What is that telling us? It's telling us more and more people are going to YouTube for their video content. Uh, I look at the other list. Most disliked. uh, Most viewed videos. Uptown Funk came out this year. Sorry, or sorry, 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 sorry. Despacito came out this year. See You Again, Wiz Khalifa, this year. Gangnam Style came out a few years ago. So that's kind of the, they're the first one who hit a billion. They're the first one that hit two billion. Uh, Psy has two videos in the top ten. That's neither here nor there. But anyway, every list I'm looking at, all the top ones, most of the top ones are within the last year. Blows my mind. Okay. That is interesting. Any last thoughts?
1: Have you ever heard of a social blade? No. What's that? It's a cool tool. Mainly mentioning it, just if you're listening and you're curious, like dig into specific YouTubers or whatnot, you can diagnose any network. But I can go there, select YouTube, type in PewDiePie. And then it gives you like all of the metrics of how many views did his videos get that day? How many additional subscribers? Uh, where does he rank subscriber-wise? What's his estimated monthly or yearly earnings? How much did he earn that day estimated? What
0: is his estimated earnings today?
1: Um, today? Yeah. Let's see. Well, well, let's look at yesterday since it's a full day. Okay. It's a huge range. That's the only problem. One point, uh, So 1,600 to all the way up to about 26,000.
0: Hmm. so somewhere somewhere in the in the middle of 1 to 26,000. Yep. Yeah, that sounds like a really helpful tool.
2: Another tool I actually use for YouTube, speaking of tools, is a plugin called VidIQ and it just pops up on the side of sidebar of your browser when you're watching a video. And it gives you SEO rating scores, gives you the channel stats, gives you video stats, what's keywords,
0: an, what's, the, what's the SEO score?
2: Um, it's just a score out of a hundred. I think it's kind of like a DA score, if you will.
0: I get so well,
1: it could be looking at like description, like the content yeah. that's in there. Yeah, like, the description, the that keywords helps the video in there, rank. Oh, basically. on like search. So it's kind of like a, like uh, a Mozbar.
0: What's the uh, what's the WordPress one?
1: Oh, uh, Yoast.
0: Yeah, is that like a Yoast for YouTube?
1: Yeah, that's a good way of putting yeah. it. I would
0: okay. say
2: more Mozbar for YouTube. It's a cool tool. I've used it a lot.
0: Cool. Hey, I think we're going to end it right there. Is that, a, is that okay with you, Brandon?
1: That is okay. Hey, I will say this. Big thanks to Start Studio for being cool enough to let us hang out in their studio here and record this episode for you folks.
0: Yeah. They've been a good partner. Good host. If you've found value or have enjoyed this episode... We really encourage you to go to iTunes and leave a review. It helps out a lot. If you want to get in touch with us, whether to submit topic ideas or just hang out, submit yourself as a, a potential guest. You can reach out on Twitter. Our handle is at belowthefold.io. You can go to our website belowthefold.io. We'd love to engage with you. We record live every Thursday from 5 p.m. Mountain Time until about 6 p.m. Mountain Time. We'd love to see you there until next week or below the fold.